Hello and welcome to this bonus episode of the Popcorn Wine Down. I'm Eddie. And I'm Tammy. And today we will be discussing Fate of the Winks, which is a mystical YA drama series based on the animated Nickelodeon series, The Winks. Have you ever seen The Winks, Tammy? Did you just say it's animated? I take that as a yes, no, maybe. Do I watch cartoons? I don't know. You might. I don't watch cartoons. I don't watch cartoons. I don't watch what people like to call them as anime. I don't watch none of that. Okay. So Tammy is in her adult world and she does not watch cartoons. I do not. Anyway, (laughs) I don't either. Not too much. So I shouldn't make fun. But this Netflix version of the series is about Bloom, who grew up her entire life believing she's human and um, how she comes to grips with the fact that she's not quite what she thought she was. And she has powers and how she learns to master her powers at this new boarding school, Althea. So that's where we leave off. And or that's where we begin. I honestly thought I knew this was an adaptation, but I thought it was based on a series of books. And honestly, when I first saw it, um, well, it's a, it I is a book tra- series as well. Oh, okay. Um, I put the trailer in the trailer park on the website, thepopcornwindown.com. Pop, 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 pop. Working on that uh, soundbite for the plug, but um. I still didn't think it would be something I would necessarily be interested in watching. And then you watched it and told me I should watch it. And I was like, okay. And I must admit, I loved it. I was drawn in from the very beginning. What about yourself? What is that? Like, I'm, I'm three for three, four for four, five for five. Like, like we lost count. (laughs) Look, even a broke clock is right twice a day. Okay. (laughs) Dang, y'all, did y'all just hear that? Oh, that hurt my heart, Eddie. That hurt my heart. Oh. <laughs> I I really enjoyed it. So I like the whole fantasy aspects of it. Um, I did not think I was gonna like it when I first um saw the preview on Netflix. I I kept postponing like actually watching it, and I was just like, okay, okay. Let me watch the first episode, and if it catches me the first episode, then I'll continue watching. And I loved it. It's only like I think what is it six episodes, um, in, in the whole uh, season, and it was really really good. There was a lot that happened in those six episodes. They kept the story going. Um, I will say there were some boring parts, but the most boring parts to me involved my least favorite characters. So. I guess maybe I'm a little biased because I don't I didn't like those characters, which is Beatrix, um, Dane, and then Riv. Once he got into the Beatrix bubble, I was just not a fan of those characters. So um, those scenes, I really wanted to fast forward. I didn't fast forward because I wanted to watch it to see like what they were saying. But I really wanted to fast forward those scenes because I just couldn't stand the characters. But I enjoyed the show. What about you? Um, yeah, like I said, I, I enjoyed it more than I thought I would, even upon your recommendation. Um, I don't know. I love mystical things. I love magic things. I love otherworldly things, sci-fi, magic, all of that. But for some reason, uh, fairies are usually my least favorite in that whole world or aspect. And I guess I thought 
you know, I was thinking they're going to be around with the, the I, I had this stereotypical image in my head about the big ears and the wings. And they kind of poke fun of that in the, in the first episode when she finds out that she is a fairy or that she's part fairy. She's like, okay, well, why don't I have the ears and the wings? And, you know, they explain it. So um, I was like, okay. Um, but it really, it really was good. And, you know, it's, I want to say it's a, it's a show about identity and identity crisis. And, the people who you would think, uh, the people who were the least like they were supposed to be or who they seemed to be were the adults. Those mugs had all the secrets. You thought the teens would be the ones with the secrets and hiding and lying. Um, the adults were the ones who were just like, who the hell are you? You know, um, but it, it really was interesting. Um, yeah, I was kind of over... Beatrix, she, she really wasn't my favorite character either. Um, and it, you knew from the beginning that she had something to hide, that she, that, you know, that she was kind of, that she, that she was, I guess, would we call her the big bad? Would she really be the big bad? Well, Rosalind, um, Rosalind was the big bad, but Rosalind. she was definitely but, on the big bad side through this whole thing. Yeah. Everything that she did was about so, that. So, I, you know, I guess to me, her character seemed a little one dimensional or stereotypical, but um, getting to the end, like I am waiting for next season because like the last episode, like the finale, the bombshells that it <clears throat> dropped, like, um, I you know, I'm horrible with names. The blonde dude, his guy, who was uh, Sky? Yes. His dad is still alive. And his dad basically raised Beatrix. I did not see that one coming. So it's like, I've been mourning you my whole life and you were basically alive. And not only were you alive, but you raised someone else's kid. But then I, I, I'm like, Sky needs to be happy on the fact that he did not get raised by his father because how Beatrix turned out, like just imagine how Sky would have turned out if he was actually raised by his father with that, mindset that his dad had and um how they raised Beatrix to be who she who she ended up being um where she's she's the enemy um I think that I hope that as the storyline goes on for second season that Sky does realize who his true father was um and that he acknowledges that like yeah you may be my birth dad you may you know have created but you didn't raise me you didn't make me into the man that I am now and um I'm hoping that that is the side that Sky is going to be on rather than the side of his father just because it happens to be his father um yeah but you know it's gonna you know it's I think it's gonna take him a while a moment to get to that point but that was my first reaction. You know, he's going to be happy to see that his dad is alive, but until they um, kill the, the, the um, innocent, the image in his head that he had of his father, that's, that's what, you know, is going to kill it when he realized that his father isn't this guy that he, you know, put on a pedestal in his head and his heart and his mind. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and I guess everyone else did too, especially the guy who raised them. Um, and I think he did that more or less because, you know, you don't want to raise a kid with them um, telling them that their dad is an ass, um, a murderous ass at that. So um, we'll see how that that turns out. Um, 
there were times when Bloom absolutely got on my nerves. Did, were, were, were times? You mean to tell me there were times when she <laughs> wasn't on your nerve? You mean to tell me there were times when you actually looked and was like, Bloom, that's my girl right there. Like there were tell me these moments that you had, Eddie. Where what where she got no, on my nerves? No, no. The moments where my... she didn't get on your nerves and you was just like, That's my girl. Go ahead, Bloom. Go ahead, cheering her on. Um when she got out of her own way, so I guess the, the <laughs> six, six. <laughs> Yo, um, I'm my bag. <laughs> and I'm the one, I'm the one that's always telling you, look, it's a teen drama, and we're watching as adults, so we have to put our adult mindset out of it, you know, and kind of go back to those years where we were surly, bitchy, horrible teens. Like, I, I don't know what you're talking I, about. I, I was a perfect have... teenager. Oh no, <laughs> I think I. When I really got bad, it wasn't necessarily my teenage years. It was my twenties. Like, oh my! I will God. agree with you on yeah, that. Anyway, yeah, my twenties were my horrible two, my my terrible twos, or whatever they want to call it. My teenage years. <laughs> yeah, but um, so I I think that when she got out of her own way, and I kind of understand a little bit of it. Um, like when she was at home and her and her mom didn't get along, maybe that was just her fairy side coming out, her feeling like she didn't belong. And, um, you know, she, she, that she, she felt so out of place. And, um, you know, her mom was this popular cheerleader. She was the opposite and all that. And then she was, she was confused about when she set the house on fire, how she nearly killed her family but and you all know that what? kind of stuff. So I kind of get what threw me off is how, uh-huh. So I think that just like she wanted to say that her mom had this image in her head of the type of daughter that she wanted, she also had an image in her, she had a stereotype in her head of her mom, because you realize as the, um, as they show scenes of her and her mom and her dad and that dynamic that she had with her family, that her mom didn't fit this image that she had in her head. Um, her mom wanted her to be social. That's definitely true. But her mom was also, yes, her mom was a blonde cheerleader, but she was also a blonde cheerleader who got her PhD in gender studies. So, so I'm like, um, yeah, like she raised you to be badass. And then you don't, you don't acknowledge the fact that your mom raised you to be as independent. And, and as, at least that's what I got from that one argument that they had where she was trying to get her dad to be on her side when her mom told him to take the door off the hinges, which I was all for it as an adult. I was just like, yes, you're not going to disrespect me in my own house. But, um, and then she tried to like go back and forth and what her mom said to her was like, don't be throwing your um, feminist bullshit at me because this basic bitch will show you how it's really done. I was just like, dang. And the fact that the dad just chilled back because I'm sure he was used to it, but I love that scene because what it showed was while she, oh, she wanted to say that her mom wanted her to be a cheerleader and she wasn't a daughter her mom wanted, you also had stereotypes of your mother um, in, in her head and that's how she kind of saw her, which ended up being where she burned the house down but uh, or I guess burnt their room down more, more, most likely. But um, yeah. But her mom was. I liked her mom. <laughs> I did. Her yeah, I liked too. her mom. I liked her mom. I liked her mom too. And I liked the fact that um, you know, like I said, I think she was just typical 
16 yeah. year old who who you feel like your parents don't understand and you take them for granted and you don't necessarily realize how awesome your parents are um for the most part we're going with the people who do actually have awesome parents we're not talking about the other people you have an awesome parents. Um, <laughs> oh thank you i do although i want to put her up for adoption a lot. <laughs> I do. I love her, but um, we'll have to tell Juanita stories. One day, but yeah. Um. So she, but um. I, I yeah. I I just think that she didn't realize how awesome her mom was, and she didn't appreciate it. But you could tell that she, as much as they butted heads, she loved and her. Maybe it's that second stage of the tear to two. She loved her. The guilt that mm-hmm. she felt by nearly killing her. Um, you know, and, but one thing I did love about the relationship is how it evolved. I love that instead of continuing to lie to them, when she, it, when she came to terms and grips yeah. with who she really was, the one, the first thing she wanted to do was I have got to go home and tell my parents. And, um, you know, she, she felt like she owed them that much, even though, you know, she didn't necessarily know how it was going to turn out, um, you know, uh, whether or not they would have paid her A, for setting the house on fire, B, for not being the daughter that they actually gave birth to and just all of that, you know. Um, I love I love that story. I loved how it turned out. Like, you know, it's like, like you said, we're your parents. You may not have been the daughter that we gave birth to, but you're the daughter that we love, the one that we, that grew up in our house, the one that we raised. And no matter what you are, you're still ours. And I, I, I did love that. And I loved how she took all her girlfriends home with her. Even the snotty princess. Well, I did up, love her. I, I, I feel I like Stella, I, start, I love the fact that they really do explain who Stella was. Like you you, you saw it from Sky's perspective. Whenever Sky would talk to her and he, and he would basically tell her, like show people what I know about you. Like people always looked at him was just like, why are you still with her? Like she's an absolute bitch. And you know, he, he knew the reason why because that's not who she was on the inside. That's not who she was when it was just them, you know? Um, but she had a very protective stance because her mother was the ultimate bitch. And her mother was horrible like she was on her mother was on the verge of abusive like no her mother was abusive she was she was she was mentally abusive to her daughter and um you know sky was like her fallback he he was her security which she told him um but once you got to understand that and you really saw her mom in action when she um used her magic to scare her um, and to put fear in her and I was just like damn girl and you grew up you grew up in that in that your whole life the only time you got away with got away from it is when you actually went to college and um, was able to learn a different way of using your magic rather than using it the way your mom was trying to teach you how to use it. I was just like, "Woo, she turned out better than uh, some people would have turned out in that kind of um, situation because she ended up being a good person who just, you know, she had some anxiety over yeah. you know, how her mom raised her. And I, I think that kind of goes back to the previous conversation with uh, Bloom and her parents. Now, that was exactly that toxic parent-child relationship where you're not the daughter I want and you're definitely not the mom that I want or need. And it's just like because of and it kind of it also kind of plays into the whole royal drama that's playing out in real <laughs> life today. Like, what do you have to do to be a royal? Like she has this image to uphold 
And her mom wanted people, her mom would rather have people think of her daughter as the psychotic murderer because it, had, it portrayed this image of power than them tell the truth that, hey, she accidentally blinded her former roommate because she didn't have control of her powers instead of it being this whole intentional, horrible thing that she did on purpose um, to, to instill fear in her classmates and everyone else. And I was just like, what the? So I actually thought Stella would be someone that I liked the least. And um, I, I think we saw the progression the most between her character and Bloom's characters. I, I do like the study that we did into them, but I hopefully as the seasons go on, um, I want to see them break down some of the other characters like Aisha. I would be interested in knowing her backstory um, as well as Musa's. Um, Musa seems like she has an interesting black backstory too. And her power would drive me crazy to be an empath and to be able to feel and hear everyone else. Um, like, you know, I, I get why she always has to have one her headphones. And when she told Tara that, it's just like, you know, I put on my headphones to just drown out everything everyone else is feeling. And I, I, I could get that. So, um, but yeah. So who was your favorite character? Who was your favorite adult? Let me put it that way. My favorite yeah. adult? Um, headmistress Dowling, um, because you, like, from the beginning, even when they tried to, like, paint her as they were unfolding the storyline of the show, and they were trying to paint her as, ooh, she's a little secretive, like, there's some evilness, like, we don't know, I still felt like she was a really, really good person, and she was just trying to protect um, everyone around her and um, in the end I was proven right that that is why she made decisions that she made um, but I really really liked her but I will say okay so I liked her I like she was my favorite adult but I love the dynamic of her and the two guys um, Tara's dad and um, oh my god what's what is his name what is his name Silva because uh, one of my favorite scenes is when like Tara's dad Ben when he like starts talking about like, you know, all these elements and everything like that. And they look at each other and they're like, Ben. And he's just like, okay, okay, sorry. And he like actually explains it in layman terms so they could understand what he's trying to say. And I'm just like, they grew up together. So they, they had that dynamic um, amongst them. So I did like um, the three of them, um, especially seeing as how they went through the same thing together. And that's the reason why, that's another reason why they were really, really close because they went through what they went through together. Um, but I did, I did like um, that dynamic of those three. What about you? Um, I have to agree. I liked, I liked, the, I liked Ben. I liked Headmistress Dowling and I liked Silva. Um, I liked them all, but I think Dowling, you know, I'm always there for a badass <laughs> woman. Um, and so I, I think she was probably my favorite adult. And especially once you got through the reason why they mm -hmm. told the lies, um, why they did what they did. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't because they were trying to necessarily cover their own asses or protect themselves. It was, they were trying to protect the school and the students. Um, it was best if everyone thought that, uh, what was her name? Crazy Rosalind. Um, yeah, they, it was best that everyone thought that Rosalind was dead. Um, and because you didn't know what fanatic she had, but I, I like you know, you know, when it's people like that, they yeah. always have fanatics that 
believe in you know this these lies that they spread so it was better for them to say that she died rather than saying that we're holding her hostage in um oh my god what is the word uh state is it stasis um is that the word yeah in stasis yeah. you know yeah. um in a secret door off of my uh office you know <laughs> my office but so now here's the thing the queen was she seemed to be the least surprised so by she's a politician like do you she's a politician true but do you think she knew about um sky's father still being alive like where has he been all these years that's one of the things i want to know see i i Um, uh, so i don't i don't know maybe we'll find out differently but off the like the top of my head I don't think that she knew but at the time as soon as um Rosalind was released I feel that that is when um people started to make some um moves right because you remember when um headmistress Dowling said you know she's been trying to contact her trying to contact her trying to contact the royalty and they're not responding they're not responding and um they're they're basically ignoring them i think that's when she knew besides you know the fact of like her daughter and she took her she was trying to take her daughter back and everything like that but i think that's when they started to make moves and they started to like basically have a conversation with her and say well this is what you're going to do unless you want this to happen because what i want to know is who's more powerful is it the queen or is it rosalind who's the most who who's the more powerful of both of them because we only ever saw the queen use her birth powers but we don't know if she has any others but you know with Dowling Dowling used more than one type of power or magic in order to defeat the um the burnt ones yeah I, I'm thinking it's obvious because she's the main character I think Bloom is more powerful than anybody realizes and I think she I think that she, I don't think fire is just going to be her only power, especially when she developed her wings and she learned how to use the wings and stuff like that. So I think she's going to be more powerful than she realized. And I guess that leads me to my second question is, why did Rosalind put her in the human world and keep Beatrice in the Fae world? Like, why did she separate them? I know they're not related. At first, I was thinking maybe they were sisters or they were twins or something. But they they were just the only two survivors from that village. But um, that was my thing. It's like, why did Rosalind, why did she send her to, if, if she was in game, if her power or whatever she is, whatever type of fairy she is, if that's, why would you send her to Earth or put her in the human Now, world? did she and, do it before of, um, Dowling and Silva and Ben made the decision that they made in order to capture her? Um, is it because, like, because I was thinking, like, is it because she realized um, she had plans? So she knows who her parents are. No matter what she says, you have to know who her parents are or where you found her that tells you how powerful she is going to be. So I would like, I, I'm definitely interested to see who is Bloom's birth parents on how she she's becoming as powerful as she's going to be. But um, yeah, because she was, because no, no, well, I'm sorry, excuse me. But wasn't she also, because even though she was found in that village, they said her parents were captors or prisoners yeah. of the people in that village, she's right? Not even fr- she's not even from okay. there. So it's even interesting to see, like, is she, okay, so what I'm thinking is, and this is just my far-fetched idea, is that she's royalty from a different realm. 
from a different realm. Yeah, probably. so she'd that be royalty sense. from a different realm. Um, and maybe it's a realm, you know, that's an enemy of the one that they're currently in or or something something to that effect, um, which I hope will be revealed. Of course, I, I think, you know, that'll be their focus in the next season. But de- but definitely, she, she has to be from um, a very powerful line. And, you know, usually the royal ones are the ones who are the more, most powerful when it comes to magic. So um, I do think she's probably very high up in, um, in, a, in a family. Yeah. And um, I do, I, I, by the end of it, I love how the girls all came together, including Stella. The four of them made this awesome little pact. And they all, you know, even though they were all different and they have their differences, um, even when they were pissed off at each other, it was like they, they got the text, they got the call, they're like, yeah, I gotta go. <laughs> like they dropped everything <laughs> like, for you. Yeah. No matter what they were doing, they're like, this bitch, I'm so pissed, but I gotta go. You know, it was it wasn't a question of that. So you knew, but once they were able to put it all aside, it's just like, yeah, we're family. Um, they accepted each other. They didn't change each other. They argued with each other. But um, and I and like I said, I guess towards the end is when Bloom really stopped getting on my nerves. Yeah. <laughs> but when it because I thought she was going to ask Dowling to go with her, but when she took her girls home with her and she showed them her life, and I guess that was cool. She. Is also kind of like, hey, mom, I'm not quite the daughter you, I'm really not the daughter you thought. But I'm still cool. <laughs> but I'm still cool. And look, yeah, like, like you said, like, can my friend stay? <laughs> and they're like, she got friends? Yeah, your friend, girl, come bring, bring the friends on. Yeah, Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Probably got them really excited. <laughs> and but then it's like, yeah, and then it's like, oh, you brought magical <laughs> friends to my house. But, you know, like I said, I I really loved how it, it showed the parents going, like, when she left them alone, it showed them looking back and kind of going through that grief of, okay, the daughter that we thought we had, the daughter that we gave birth to, but then coming to terms with, hey, this is the daughter we have, this is the daughter we know, this is the daughter we love, like, she's still our bloom. And they understood the accident, you know, it's not like she, because she didn't even know she had powers when the house set on fire. She knew she was responsible. She, she just felt it. But, um, but um, I will say that, okay, so, and I find myself doing this a lot, but um, Bloom was like my least favorite out of the group. Um, and she's a main character because, like you said, she wouldn't get out of her way. And she, it's kind of like, you knew that the adults were holding stuff, but never once did they think the reason why or think that they had a purpose to doing it. And, and so because of that, she believed everything that everybody else told her. When Beatrix showed her and was t- told her, spin this whole big story and told her all of this stuff and she automatically believed it and helped her escape and all of this. And I'm just like, girl, like find some facts. Like don't just complain. Adults are lying to us. They're keeping secrets. You don't think Beatrice got some um, secrets she she wants to um keep stuff that she knew would happen that kept or the fact that you automatically believe Rosalind when she told you and never thought of the fact that she lied and didn't come to the school to help you and it never crossed your mind that she was lying when she said that she couldn't come to the school with you to help save the school like it. it it, it was it was it was yeah. it was crazy and i'm hoping that now that they're back at the end with the new season when it comes up that um they're going to she's going to question that kind of stuff like you she's not automatically i hope she's not automatically just going to fall into the trap of 
believing everything Rosalind said just because Rosalind can help her with her magic, but that doesn't mean that you should trust her or you should do everything that she's telling you to do because she's not going to reveal all, you know, everything that you need to know in order to make the best decisions. Um, but my favorite character was Aisha. I, 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 yeah, she, I, she I very, like Aisha. Uh. Like she, she had morals. She was very true to herself, and um, and she didn't back down. Even when they tried to come at her, she was just like, "I know, I know, I know." But at the same time, like we're kids, <laughs> like, like we need help. Like we can't do this on our own, and we should acknowledge that. So she had a little grownness to her, while she, you know, was definitely there to help them out and everything like that. But I like their dynamic. Um, can we talk about Dane? Sure. <laughs> let me tell you why. Let me let me why tell you why. Why you gonna hate the brother? Why you gonna hate the only brother in the group, right? He is. Why why you always got to come down against the brother? He was a gay cliche. I feel like they didn't want to fully go into. Um, his character being gay so he was always on the edge but never really went over um and, and that made me not like his character as as well as the same time as because you got in with the cool kids you threw away the one person that helped you out from the very very jump I hate when I see that I it happens a lot but I hate when I see that um with Tara um helping him out and just being a good person and because she liked you or because they say like oh she likes you like oh shoot Tara likes you and I'm just like yeah she's not the cool one but you don't do that and then you get mad at the fact that she turned her back on you after when you came to apologize I let my brother beat the shit out of you <laughs> like forget you and then you got mad at me because I didn't want to talk to you no more did you not watch the video of you talking about me and none of that and then the Beatrix thing on you kind of, I didn't understand him and Be the Beatrix dynamics. I know they tried to explain it, but I didn't get it. Like, it just didn't seem to flow for me. I, I don't know. Maybe that that wasn't fully explained in the, um, in the show on his obsession with Beatrix because she lets me be who I am. That's not who you are, dude. You're not a smoker. You're not this cool bad boy. You aren't. You're trying to be, but you aren't. So yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't get with the gay cliche. Um. Yeah, he was a little bit cliche, but I think it was that whole idea of him coming to terms with the fact at 16 that he's gay. Um. um you know. Or he knew bi he was, no. or whatever. And he see, and that's is. another thing uh, because that's what I mean about them kind of edging the line. Because they wanted right. to like kind of put it out there like, oh, maybe he's bi. But then certain things they say, he's not bi, he's gay. Like, just let the dude be gay. <laughs> um, but uh, I said he knew and, he was well, gay before he came there. I feel that. Maybe they... Okay. Maybe they thought, well, because of the whole thing with Riven or Riz, whatever you want to call it, his Riven, um, who I loved. He was actually one of my favorite characters. Yeah, he turned out to be an asshole, but I love the vibe. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, I love the vibe. Yes, I wrote when that he down. actually got out of his own way and actually had a conversation with her. I loved that vibe. I'm like, oh my God, can they be in game? <laughs> they have like, to be in really? game. They got to be like Bloom and Sky. They have to, they they have to be in game <laughs> because I, 
I loved that vibe and I loved the connection between them when he actually was like, and he realized. So I don't know, like my thing is maybe he decided to stay with Beatrix. I'm hoping like there's some backdoor conversation that he decides to stay with Beatrix to be like an inside mole or whatever. Um, because it was like, I, I get where he was coming from. Sky was the golden boy. Um, you kind of get that Rivens family or whatever came from the wrong side of the tracks, that they have a history um, that he's trying to work off and he does it by being the bad boy. But he was always honest about his intentions and about that. But he's he was not an straight up. See, that's he what, knew that's he was what, like, an asshole. This is why I love Riv, because he's not, you can tell from the dynamics of him and Tara that he's not an asshole. When he talks about how the reason why he knows about the herbs is because they hung out the whole summer and then. You know, he had to go back to his bad boy image. It's you know who he remind me of? Um Danny Zuko <laughs> from Greece. You know, like because you know, Greece. like Danny Zuko in school had like this bad boy T Birds kind of image that he had to keep up. But then over the summer, you got to see like he actually was a really, really good guy who pretended to be a bad boy and I feel like even though yes I'm sure Riv is a bad boy but I feel like I got that vibe from him where deep down he's really he's really like a good guy who just is trying to survive with the hand that he's been dealt you know kind of thing yeah I think you know he's an ass I get that but he he, like I said you're not always the sum of your worst parts I think Tara brings out better part because she calls him. him out Tara when he's around Tara he can yeah she 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 may look to quote one of the line from one of my favorite movies Aww. Tara makes him want to be better she makes him want <laughs> to be a better be a person better man. better man yeah so so you get to see where what the person that he could be but I I like the edge yeah I like that he still has his rough edges so I hope I, I hope if they are in game they just don't dole in or dole those edges and I hope his friendship um, survives but, I like uh, I also like the friendship and the dynamic of him and Sky um, usually it's it is a little cliche you got the bad boy who is best friends with the golden boy and then they resent each other and all this but. Um, you could still tell like it was a genuine friendship that they had with each other, but having Beatrix there kind of whispering his air um, changed his mindset. Like even if he had some resentment, cause that's natural. I feel like her whispering in his air, all that BS um, changed his viewpoint. So I hope that it didn't change it so much that it destroys his friendship that he has with Sky. Oh yeah. And, um, I think that was I think that was part of Beatrice's charm or her her undercover charm is that a with back to Bloom the question you asked when you feel like everyone is lying to you and someone seems like they're giving you the truth they're being upfront with you it's kind of like you know the cult mm-hmm. of crazies that MAGA cult where you feel like where everyone tells you hey they're lying but I'm the only one telling you the truth. And when you seem to be getting information, even though it's not factual, that's what you want to believe. Because when I ask you a question, you tell me you're not evasive about it. So it seems like that, you're telling that, me the truth. No, 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 it does. If and that you know makes what? sense. I'm in agreement with that. I can definitely see that. Now that I think about it, when you explained it, I can see that about Beatrix, that she, like, she knew the adults were lying to her. 
And then Beatrix comes and says, I'm going to show you the truth. And she spin the story, but because she said, I'm going to tell you the truth. And she was so confident in her truth that I can see how Bloom would be like, well, y'all have been lying to me. I've caught you in a lie. I have not caught her in a lie yet because she's spinning truth within the lies that she's telling me. So I can see that definitely. Yeah. And when I, and the same thing with Rosalind, you're not telling me the truth per se, but when I ask you a question, you're not, you're answering the question. Now you're answering the question with more lies, but it doesn't come across as a lie because I asked like you automatically, you told like there was no, and that's all, you know, so I'm getting right. So the, the answers I may be getting are lies, but I'm getting answers, not half truths, not evasions. Like I feel like you're, you, at least you're telling me something, you know what I'm saying? So I think that's what made them. I think that's what made their side of the story or make them so appealing to her bloom is, Hey, at least they're talking to me and they're telling me things. And, and um, by the time it was over with, because before she went home, after they, after they figured out or they thought they had defeated Rosalind or whatever, um, they, they got the burnt ones out of the school. Um, she and Dowling had kind of made peace and they'd come to terms. And I think they reached an understanding. And I think she finally realized that, hey, Dowling is not the bad guy. And there may be some things I don't always understand or some things you 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 don't necessarily tell me, but I think she I think by the end we knew where her loyalties were um, or where they lied or lay. But um, so when because if when at the end when they come back and Rosalind's taken over school, they all look at each other like, yeah. oh, shit, what the hell? <laughs> like, here we you go know? again. <laughs> um, so so I think so I think maybe next season they might be moving along to get along to try to figure out what happened with dialing because I, I really do legit think by that time they realize that Rosalind is the bad guy and that um, she's not who she seems and that um, whatever she has in store for the school is not going to be a good thing and the same thing goes back to Dane and um, Beatrix's relationship again she gives him license to be who he thinks he mm-hmm. is or who he thinks he has to be. Like, you know, Riv had been trying to groom him into being that asshole junior. And then Riv was like, I created a monster. I'm sorry. I didn't realize because of what he was creating. And then when that mixes with Beatrix, it was a horrible thing. And I think that on some level, Riv realizes that Beatrix is not the person she 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 claims to be and that she's not a good person and that she's not good for him. So we'll see if he's just playing her. Maybe that'll or go with the slow burn of him and Tara kind of having that slow connection. And you know who I would like to see, like what the dynamics was seen as how he hung out in the greenhouse with Tara, like him and Sam. Like does him and Sam have some type of dynamic seen as how he basically hung out um, in Tara's house and with her family, um, you know, when school was out and everything like that. So definitely implement Sam way more into, especially with his power, um, with his magic, um, into it. And then, you know, they're still missing one element. So see if, you know, how, who, who are they going to bring in for that element? Because they're missing air. They have all the other elements except for air. And Beatrix is the air Like She has the air element, but if she's on the enemy side, they're going to need their own air element. (laughs) Yeah. So we'll see. Um, Okay, real quick before we wrap this up. What is something you want to see 
um, in season two addressed or something you want them to stay away from or okay I'm gonna talk I'm gonna you know um, say this with my romantic heart that I have yay um that I want to continue to see the dynamics of the relationships I think that um, the relationships have been very, very genuine and the friendships as well. Like I love the dynamics of the friendships on the show, but also on the romance side um, to see what's going to happen with Musa and Sam, um, Tara and w- Riv, who we've talked about multiple times and Bloom and Sky. I may not necessarily be fully sold on Bloom, but I like the dynamic that Bloom has with Sky. And then, you know, let's see, um, bring somebody in for Stella yeah, give, give my girl somebody that's gonna really bring her out of her shell and you know stop that bitchiness that she be showing in public but um, the dy- the relationship dynamics is what I'm looking forward to for season two the action everything great but the relationship dynamics I thought were very strong in this show yeah um, I'm with you I need yeah. someone for Stella and I <clears throat> um, and I like I say, I love that Stella has realized who her friends are. I love that she's allowed herself to have friends. But I, I also kind of like her rough edges. You know, she's the one that's going to tell everyone like it is. They may not want to hear it, but, you know, she she's she's the truth. Whereas um, Aisha may be the moral compass. Stella's like the backbone in the truth. Don't like, you feel like they're going to end up being like real BFFs or, or something know. like that? Yeah, because it was like where Tara, it was so cute that one scene where Tara was getting dressed and she goes, I miss Stella. Stella would tell me if my outfit was really horrible. <laughs> like, you know, Stella would tell me my, she was like, you look horrible today. It was just like, okay, you know, she knew that was their thing. And so, but that was one of the things that I did appreciate. So I am looking forward that forward to that in season two. Um, like I said, I, I want to get more backstory on some of the other characters and also um, just interested to see what Rosalind's true goal is, what her plan is. Is she how many of the realms? Yeah, I think there were nine realms, if I'm not mistaken. But how many of the realms she's willing over? To, she's oh, and how is Dowling gonna get out? Um, like, because you know, Dowling is such she's, yes. she's a powerful character, you know she's, she's a very powerful, and and the thing is, is that. Um, Rosalind was able to, you know, get her because she snuck. She she did a sneak attack on her. Um, they, she thought we were just gonna have this conversation. I'm gonna go back and forth with you, and then I'm gonna walk away, and you sneak attack me. But um, how is she going to get out? Because she has all the elements. So my thing is, is that how strong is her earth? Is her earth magic that she can get out of the earth? That's what I'm wondering. Well, you saw the flowers or whatever start to bloom in that place. And I think that was a place where nothing was supposed to grow. So maybe the girls will realize that Dowling, like, that's my, that's my thing. How's Dowling yeah. get them to know that she's still alive? So I'm just really interested to see how season two plays out. And I hope it's as good as season one. Um, I, I, I would actually have to add this to one yeah, of the shows I that agree. surprised me. Um that really, really surprised me. Like I said, when I put it, when I saw the trailer, I put it in the trailer park and then I read a little bit about it. I was like, oh, Barry's <laughs> not really my favorite in the, of the magical mythos, mystical creatures. And then I was like, eh, I don't think so. But you told me, you watched it and you said watch it. And I must admit, I watched it straight through. It was only six episodes and I couldn't get enough. It was really, really good. So um, I would definitely, if this is not on your must-see list or you haven't check watched it, out. it I definitely would definitely check it out. Especially um, if I will say, say if you out. are 
even a partial fan of Harry Potter and that whole aspect, if you just, you know, magic is magic and fairies, but I, I think there were some elements to it being, you know, with um, Althea and everything like that. So if you like, like the magical aspects and that fantasy um, aspects of shows, definitely check it out. It's way better than you think it's going to be just because it's because just because it's of teenagers doesn't mean anything. Like it's great. It's really good. Yeah. And this is what the Artemis Fowl series that breaks should have my heart. been for the movie. <laughs> like it, yeah, because Artemis Fowl, the books are really good. The movie has been, the movie was eh. I know you really oh, like no, the movie. Oh no, I didn't watch the movie because you told me it was so but, horrible. I didn't even watch the movie. Oh yeah. No, that's oh, the thing. Cause you, see, how you talked about it, I knew. Like I was just like, I Colin Farrell. It wasn't even gonna save that movie for me. So unfortunately, I did not even watch it for Colin. Sorry, Colin. I'm sorry. My bad. Oh yeah. So I I hear that they're supposed to be rebooting Artemis Fowl to a series, and hopefully they can do it justice. Like this, it should be along the lines of this because the book series is really phenomenal. Um, but you know, so. I guess that does it for this episode of Extra Butter. That's all, Eddie. <laughs> okay. Um. <laughs> anyway, thank you for joining us. Um, as usual, uh, we appreciate it. And be sure to check us out daily on the popcornwindown.com. And be sure to like and subscribe on your podcast at Spotify, Apple, or Google. And until and next I'm time, Timmy. I'm Eddie. Bye.